HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. You're listening to Heritage Radio Network. Since 2009, HRN podcasts have been exploring the wide world of food, beverage, and agriculture. Learn more at heritageradionetwork.org. This episode is brought to you by Roberta's, home of Heritage Radio Network for 10 years. Roberta's was founded in Bushwick in 2008 and has become one of the most iconic restaurants in the country. HRN made its home inside of Roberta's in 2009, and together they have become part of the DIY fabric of the neighborhood. Roberta's, the pizza restaurant, is open for lunch and dinner seven days a week and serves much more than just the famous wood-fired pizzas. Their team dreams up new salads, pastas, and sandwiches on the regular. Roberta's Tiki Bar is alive and well in the back garden, serving up frozen drinks in the summer and hot toddies in the winter. Stop by the bakery and takeout spot next door for fresh breads, sticky buns, and pizzas to go. And of course, there's the two Michelin-starred Blanca tucked away in the garden for truly daring diners. But Roberta's also extends beyond Bushwick, with multiple locations in New York City and now in Los Angeles. You can also find their frozen pies in grocery stores around the country. The spirit of Roberta's, like Heritage Radio Network, is everywhere. Here's to many more years of pizza-powered radio. We talk about food. We talk about music. With musical dudes. Finger on the pulse. Snacky tunes. Hello and welcome to Snacky Tunes. I'm your host, Darren Bresnitz. We were so excited to have our very first Snacky Tunes Salon, a live event hosted at Chow Now in Culver City, Los Angeles. We sat down with our good friends, Tommy Brockert of Los Sordids and Travis Hayden of Voodoo Vin to talk about community and creativity and pivots in their career to cooking. Uh, thanks to everyone who came out. Thank you again to Chow Now for our gracious hosting. Sky Duster Beer, Jumbo Time Wine, Aaron, Alice, Becca PR, everyone who helped put it together, and to Luther Himes, who we got to partner with again to design all of the artwork, and we're looking to bring in you more in the near future. So I want to share with you the live panel from the event with Travis, Tommy, and I, and here we go. Please sit back, relax, and enjoy Stacky Tune Salon live from Chow Now Headquarters here on Heritage Radio Network. Thank you, guys. Uh, 
Welcome to Snacky Tunes Salon. Uh, big thank you to Chow Now and Chris for being our host. Jumbo Time Wine, Skyduster Beer for providing the drink. Uh, Aaron, Kate, Miranda, Alice, Liz, Jackie, Becca, PR, everyone who helped put this together. So thank you. And thank you for all coming out on a Monday night. Really appreciate it. And uh, we promise to keep you updated on the Lakers score as the game goes on. And if you're a Warriors fan, there's some seats outside that you can absolutely get. Uh, I want to introduce two of my really good friends uh, who provided the food tonight, and it's been absolutely amazing to see their rise in the food world and what they've built over the last few years. Uh, the pizza you were enjoying, chef owner Tommy Brockett from the Sword of the Pizzas, started on his porch. Now he's here. He's got the yellow truck you've seen around town. He's really embraced everything Dodgers. And uh, welcome, welcome to the salon. And then right here to my left, with the best hair in the chef game. And I'd love <laughs> for you to, I mean, Tommy, come on, let's be real. It's in her hat. Yeah, yeah, it's in her hat. Executive chef, Voodoo Vin, Travis Bradley Hayden. He uh, has had an incredible journey from the music business to the chef world. And if you haven't sat across from me at the bar, on a Saturday night, um, it is a real, real pleasure. So Travis, welcome. Thanks for having me. Um, so we can all see here tonight that we are all brought together by community. You know, I think a lot of us would not drive out across town or just down the street on a Monday night if it wasn't wanting to be a part of what we've built here in LA with the food. And you guys have done a really good job in the last years building a community. How much of that goes into your idea of your business plan and how much of it uh, goes into what you hope to see with the people who come back again and again for business? And then how do you grow that community? I think it's the cornerstone of even just being in hospitality. It's uh, having a community is the most important part and it's the most valuable part for me. Uh, I've worked now in two restaurants that are uh, the first one, Rustic Canyon in Santa Monica, which is very much a um, community restaurant. And it's a testament to how valuable that is, is seeing it go through different iterations, different chefs, and still being a place to host the local community. And now at Voodoovin, where I'm a chef in an open kitchen, I'm facing the guests that come in, I'm interacting with them, on the daily, I'm getting to know them. Like some, some of our guests are here tonight. Yeah. Um, it's just, it, it's so valuable. And you realize what you're doing is you're providing a service mm -hmm. for people and you're a part of it. And you know, for me, it's just an honor to be a part of that. Yeah. I, uh, for me, it was, it is and was, uh, that's, the only reason I started doing this was because, uh, like, right when COVID started, it was how do I get people out of their houses to mm -hmm. just at least understand that we can look at each other and be outside together. And uh, I was just making pizzas for my friends and family just come through. And, and what was happening at my house like seeing everyone was seeing each other for the first time in months and it was like all these people who we've worked together with or hung together with or worked in the scenes that we all I mean we all worked in the same yeah. music nightlight scene and uh, so having this 
place where people did come together and saw each other for the first time, it felt it was one of the first things that felt familiar in a long time. Mm. And um, like over time, like where we are now, it's 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 become it's become like a responsibility uh, mm -hmm. at this point, like just staying true to who we are and what what we started with and like bringing people into that circle uh, has been it's been it's been the best. It's been the best. You know, bringing people into that circle is really <clears throat> tough these days because people get trapped in their little neighborhoods and you got to convince them to get to their own neighborhoods. But you both use social media to your advantage. Um, Travis, I'd say yours is like food and farmer's market and Tommy, yours like food and then it's a little bit of sports but also like fun and some skits and things like that. How did you land on the type of voice you wanted to use for social media and how much do you find that really helping your business? I mean, for me, it's uh, not really good at developing <laughs> that, that. So I mean, the next best thing I could do is be authentic mm. and be, I go to the farmer's market every Wednesday and Saturday and um, the things I'm posting on social media are the things that are really interesting to me and some people might think it's boring to see a page Mandarin but for me like when they first come in it's one of my favorite mandarins so I grab it and I post the photo and then it's on the menu uh, that day so I think that helps you know when people are seeing what I'm doing at the market and thinking hey maybe we'll go see what this guy is doing with the Mm. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I, I mean, for, for me, it's it's uh, this has turned into my opportunity to tell these stories mm. that I, if anyone who knows me knows that, like, that's if you give me just an inch, I will give you a mile of a story. And uh, like this, this, uh, this has been my opportunity to just show that side of myself of, it's, it doesn't need to make sense. A lot of times I've been told like, well, you know, you know, you maybe don't use that song or this. It's like, no, I am the guy mm -hmm. who will go from listening to the Banga Boys <laughs> to <laughs> to Led Zeppelin, yeah. like it's it's uh, and it all ties into the bigger picture of just back to the not so much it, it, it is community, but like me just making this me putting my heart on on display and like welcoming people into what could be seen as chaos, but also like um, it makes sense if you know you. Yeah, it, it makes it, a lot it, of it, sense. It, it makes yeah. a lot of sense. Yeah. Um, how much of storytelling is a part of running a, a restaurant or a food business these days? Do you, do you need it? Can you just open a spot? I mean, you see ghost kitchens, you see some corporate places open up, and they do well, but being a smaller business, an independent business, how much is story a part of it? I think for me, it's a big part of it. I can't like say on the uh, spectrum of all restaurants, mm -hmm. but for me, I couldn't imagine that not being a component sure. of it, um, you know, it's you know on social media or when people come in, um, you know, I love it when people ask me like, like, tell me about this dish, like, mm. how did you arrive here, and uh, going through that with them. I I don't think everyone needs it, but you <laughs> <laughs> see it, but it's, yeah. it's something that's really important for me. Yeah, I mean, it's it's just who I am. It's uh. 
with e- even with the three of us, like we, I have you, our, I, we have our story. <laughs> we have our story, but like we all have yeah. the three of us have each other. And there's everyone here. I have some stupid story about or with that is, for like it would come off as unbelievable, but it's true. And that's like, if you if you if you if you like have a moment like. I, I just think, uh, to your point about these ghost kitchens and about all these other brands that are keep popping up, uh, it's very important to me to give that human touch of, again, being whether it's vulnerable or honest or just like, oh yeah, like that cardboard cut out of me what, that sits in the front, that's whatever, that's that. Or that's my yeah. dog, that sandwich is named that from my dog, that this, or uh, this is, why I use this flower. Like everything to me is that human, like humanizing this experience that, I mean, every day is kind of taken away from us. Not to go too deep into it, no, but no, no. I, I do. I think, uh, I think it's important to, like during COVID sitting on my porch, the most impactful thing for me was every day when people, uh, every Friday when people would come and get a pizza from me and they would like, they would see me physically. Yeah. And I I get the chills talking about it still because it was we weren't having those moments of connected like interconnectivity. Uh, it was it it means a lot and I think it still means a lot because we all just sit on our phones in our circles mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. and are fed literally through these apps and <laughs> um, information, but also food, you know, to that matter. And so to just give people to let people be a part of that story is also very important. You know, letting people be a part of the story is one of the things I think I saw coming out of COVID the most. And I'm not saying that pre-COVID it was sharp elbows, although it was at times in the wrestling industry. But I feel like afterwards, there's definitely more of people supporting each other and everyone understanding how hard the business is. And you guys have been really big supporters of other chefs and businesses. What is your approach in working with other chefs in the community and, and how much are you bringing them in and how much are you going out? Um, I love collaborating with other chefs. So whenever we get the opportunity to, uh, and there's a lot behind the scenes too. Like we could be doing things that aren't necessarily an event, but you know, with my chef friends and peers, we're constantly sharing information. I have like just yesterday, one of, my sous chefs at Rusty Canyon was like, hey, can I come over and buy, borrow two quarts of whey? <laughs> I'm like, sure. yeah, come on over and give it to him. Come over this way? Yeah. <laughs> uh, Unbelievable. Yeah, stop. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, we all, we share information. We share um, tools, mixing bowls, like mm-hmm. everything. Uh, yeah, it's, I've, only known it to be a very collaborative environment. I've, uh, you know, I, I haven't known any chefs to be like gatekeepers of knowledge. Sure. You know, especially recipes. Like, uh, we share everything. Yeah, it's important. I mean, one of the first things that I did as a, I, I, it's hard for me to call myself a chef, but I'll I, call you a chef. But, but I, I just, I, one of the first things I did that we did was, mm-hmm. What, like a month into COVID, was do our pop up on my porch to raise money for what's for the workers of yeah Russet Canyon yeah the, undoc- the, the, the undocumented workers that weren't getting unemployment yeah 
And like, say, I, I was, I knew you as this Travis, and yeah. then this was my first time working with Travis, the chef, yep. and we, and I was, I was nerve, I was nervous. I remember like just being like, I don't know what the, the fuck I'm doing. <laughs> I was like, I, I don't know what I'm doing. And then the, my dough, I remember my dough wasn't right, but we, we did it, we made it happen, and it was beautiful. And then, mm. but then moving on though, I, I am, psychotically competitive and uh yeah, like yeah. it's in, it's the uh athlete in me i guess but it's like it has been so humbling and so fulfilling to work with other people and bring people because that that is what it's all about yeah and the pizza community is unbelievable like what we all do together and i just went to my first pizza expo and the, mm -hmm. the relationships that i built in two nights there have I mean it's it's really really beautiful experience yeah um, you just alluded to this uh, but the Travis you know and the Travis today and both of you a few few years ago were not in the food industry Travis you were working in the music industry Tommy you were uh, working in nightlife but you both pivoted and you know food is such a great second act and we've had a lot of people in the show whose second acts Polly G is a great example of someone who came into their life for someone who's thinking about getting into the food business, either as just like a hobby or really making a go at it, what advice would you give? Just dive in, feet first, head first. Just get in it. Like, don't go to culinary school. Just <laughs> go to your go to your favorite restaurant. They're hiring right now. Yeah, restaurants are hiring. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, how I got into it, I just went to my favorite restaurant and knocked on the back door, and. Asked if I could work for free, and they're like, "If you want to," and <laughs> I just came back every day, and I and I fell in love with it. I didn't even know if that's what I wanted to do. I wanted to learn how to cook well, and that was it. And and I just fell in love with it and kept going, and that was it. And that was free. Yeah, it was free. And then they even started paying me a little bit. Wow, not much. <laughs> enough. Enough. Yeah. 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 Almost enough. Almost enough. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, it, it was going from what I was doing to uh, I fell in love with pizza because it was just the, um, it slowed my life down from the chaos of nightlife and whatever else. And uh, so to just like make plans with somebody 48 hours in advance. Uh, but then like there comes a time where it, it's fun and you're doing this and if you really want to if you want to go for it, you have to, uh, you just have to believe in yourself. It's like the hardest. I mm. truly think uh, taking a chance on yourself is one of the hardest things you can do. And if you surround yourself with people who, who you know, love and are honest with you and, and trust you, but are, believe in you, uh, you can literally do anything. Mm. I mean, believing yourself is, and then having people eat extension yourself is pretty tough it's because people are mean don't get me started uh, yeah yeah okay that's for another time <laughs> um that's not <laughs> yeah for another comment uh you know when people are walking up tommy they saw you wearing one of your custom lasorda's t-shirts and i know that merch has always been a big thing of what you've done what goes into your design how do you come up with ideas and um if people want to get into making merch what advice you would give uh just just do it. Yeah. 
I can't get sued for that, right? That's a good. Is that yours? It is. It is. I just saw the uh, Ben Affleck movie. Um, no, they. Uh, uh, actually, the the amount of things I have in a folder of merch stuff on my computer is just absurd. It's about just again, really, just making it and. But it's, it's, it's hard. It's like when you're in the middle of the rest, when you're doing your restaurant, yeah. the last thing you could ever think about is making a t-shirt. Mm. Uh, so if you actually get to do it, good on you. But uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like really, I, I, I wish I, I, if I did half of the stuff I wanted to do, but you just have to do it, I guess. But it extends t-shirts because you do custom boxes and you, you actually make it part of the experience when you're buying the food. Yeah, yeah, I mean, the box is, the, the, the box is one of the greatest pieces of marketing yeah. material I've ever made yeah. in my life. Uh, to, explain to, to, for, yeah, explain what it is. For it's, the... it's like, it's, it, I wanted, it was so specific. Somebody sent me, it's, a, it's called Pizza Bib, and it's a box that you open it up and you cut out the neck, and then you are this person in the box. <laughs> so mine is like a assorted pizza jersey, but I took it like so many steps yes. further, so there's all these like, Randy Newman, I love LA lyrics, like Easter eggs on the box. And then if you turn it over, it's a baseball base because in my head, I'm like, oh, people will go to a, you know, buy four pizzas and go to a park and then they play stickball, <laughs> which nobody's done since, which like nobody's done since Brooklyn in 1962. But it's, you know, there, it is, it, it, it is all, it should be fun. Like yeah. everyone, a lot of people, it's so serious and like, mm -hmm. uh, I don't know, pizza, pizza should just, pizza is an everyday person's thing, you know, uh, and it should be fun, you know, for yeah. friends and family. Yeah. Uh, Travis, every time I'm having wine or a bite of a bar, for those who've never been to Voodoo Van, it's a beautiful little jewel of a restaurant and with a great sound system that's really punching above its weight. Um, how much is music a part of the experience there? And, what can people expect to hear on the sound system? It's a, it's a big part of the experience there. Um, and it's been really fun for me, like coming from music, mm -hmm. uh, mm -hmm. you know, it's like, like I was playing my music and then working with younger front of house kids, <laughs> started making playlists and they're like, your music sucks. Aww. <laughs> uh, I like your music. Yeah, thanks. But it's been really fun. Uh, I, I didn't think I was gonna be learning about music in the restaurant, which has been a really great discovery tool. Do you pull out your Shazam on the line? All the time. Yeah, good. All the time. <laughs> um, but yeah, we put on music when we start prepping, and it's on until we turn the lights off. It's, yeah, it's from, it's so great to walk in any time and just be like, oh, this is good music, this is a good range. Um, you know, I've been lucky to uh, go to Italy with both of you and seeing that type of cuisine Play such a strong influence in your food is obviously apparent tonight. Um, but I feel like Italian food has had this renaissance and the staying power of the last few years. What is it about the cuisine? What do you love about it that makes it such a reoccurring character in your work? Um, I don't know. It's a lot of this food has been made for so long mm -hmm. that it like really works out the kinks over the past. That you can go into it and put your own stamp on it, and, you know, which is what I'm doing. It's like, I'm researching into the like the history of food and mm. like finding like 
old ingredients or just old dishes that um, I am just putting my stamp on them and using um, ingredients from California that's hyper seasonal. Mm. I think um, Jeremiah Tower is a huge inspiration of mine. Sure. Yeah. He's a French chef or he's American or he's British, but he was making French food in California with Californian produce and that was the birth of what we know as California cuisine. And so I look to that for inspiration and there's so much great like, French and Italian food that's been done that you can really just in, use great products mm -hmm. in the state and it just sings. Yeah. And for you? Uh, it, for me it's the simplicity, the minimal just three, four ingredient stuff. Uh, we were, when we were doing the pizza on the porch, you know, it was, I, I just, there was a point where we were supposed to be on a trip in Italy uh, and we couldn't go, you know, boo-hoo. Um, yeah. But, uh, oh man, uh, but we, like, I wanted to just, I, the last three times I'd gone to Italy, I would just either take a train or fly into Florence just to go to Alantico, but not, mm -hmm. uh, mm -hmm. but I, I don't know. Yeah. We, we know what you're talking about. <laughs> um, but they, they, it was like, so much of the stuff that, that that experience of going to Italy and eating those foods and tasting the simplicity of it and then coming back and I just don't know how like a a, mort a mortadella sandwich, yeah. you know, like mortadella with pistachio and burrata turns into mortadella, bacon, uh, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. ranch. Uh, it, that's what it turns into. So to just keep it simple and give people that that with our like most popular sandwich is that it's just three ingredient mortadella sandwich and people it's been great actually it's an incredible sandwich um, <laughs> before we go um, I know you guys have done a lot and grown a lot in the last few years but I know that you have plans for more things on the horizon what are you working on and what can people expect from from you guys as chefs and, and entrepreneurs um, still I mean voodoo's growing really strong and it's uh, just been such a fun year and a half that I've been there. I'm like really looking forward to this year and having my going through the second seasons mm. and you know seeing things that maybe I forgot and that I wanted to work with different products. And then um, I have a pasta sauce company called Cali Bolo that is launching right now. And uh, so yeah, that's it. Um, we, you know, we just. Uh, my sister just left our spot. Uh, she's so, we just took on our uh, pizzeria full time and it's been, it's been kind of an amazing, it's just a whole different experience yeah. to have this space to myself, uh, to ourselves. And, and we signed a lease on our next spot, which I haven't really been public about, but we're gonna open our second spot in Chinatown. Very nice. Uh, it's right next to uh, Cafe Triste. So um, yeah, very excited. Uh, I've like Chinatown. I've been obsessed with yeah. Chinatown f since I started this. Uh, I used to go with my grandpa to Philippe's before Dodger games, or like when we were. I was sweeping up nails on construction sites with them, and mm. uh, it's like uh, I don't know. I'm I'm very very excited. Or, uh, it's going to be beer, wine, and I think it's going to be hot dogs and pizza. Ooh. Yeah. What type of dogs? Uh, it's an, well, I, I won't, I, 
Who said Chicago? Not Chicago. <laughs> Charles. Yeah. It's gonna be. Uh, you'll see. It's you'll gonna see. be. Uh, it's gonna be great. Though. I'm very excited. Awesome. Well, I want to thank both you guys. If people want to follow along with your adventures or come to the new spots or just coming for a bite, where can they go? I think for me on Instagram, it's just Travis Bradley Hayden. And uh, Lasorted. Lasorted's on Instagram. And Voodoo Bin. Awesome. Well, thank you guys. Thank you, everyone, coming out. We have some dessert from Voodoo Bin. We have some more pizzas coming out. Once again, Chow Now, Sky Duster, Jumbo Timeline. Thank you guys. Thank you guys. We talk about food. We talk about music. With musical dudes. Finger on the pulse. Snacky tunes. Snacky tunes is powered by Simplecast. Thanks for listening to Heritage Radio Network. Food radio supported by you. Keep in touch at heritageradionetwork.org/slash subscribe.